0: Welcome to the coconuts podcast today's april 16th 2021 the coconuts podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across southeast asia and hong kong i'm summer lee
1: and i'm bim
0: and we're so, all so british welcome to the episode of this weird episode of bridgerton but like the ghetto version hello
1: Is that your British accent, Summer?
0: I have no idea. I, I, it just comes on north off because, like, she's makes blood. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. Um, it just happens, you know.
1: <laughs> just like kicks in, like kicks in on Fridays.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's a master of code switching, or whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of makes sense because our guest, well, sort of guest, is British. So is he? <laughs> yeah, I, he I is. did not
0: know that. Where do you think he, he was from? I don't know. Freaking America.
1: No. That, I don't know I,
0: shit. <laughs> I just don't know shit about shit. Pardon me.
1: <laughs> no, I think he was like a British, like special forces person and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, okay. yeah. Um, Obviously, you guys will already know who that is from the title. But yeah, it should be quite interesting to chat with that person or hear about the chat with the person. It's <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. going to be great. Mm-hmm. Listen to the chat with the person.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Advertise with our in-house agency, Grove. Fast, funny, digital. Join forces with us to slay buzzwords, rise above the noise, and sow the seeds of something great. Get in touch via coconuts.co slash Grove.
0: In our top stories for the week, we start off in Bali. And holy shit. Okay, Wait, I'm
1: gonna is this going to happen like the whole episode or? <laughs> I
0: don't know. Can I keep it up? Okay, probably not. I'm just going to stop right here. Stop all your head, guys. <laughs> hey, hey. So, in Bali, Russian porn star Ava Elfie meets excited fans in Bali. Okay, y'all. Okay. Woo! But yeah, we Woo! all get starstruck from time to time, right? And a group of men in Bali were unable to contain their excitement when they came across Russian porn star Ava Elfie who is holidaying on the Island of the Gods. But yeah, as you'll see from this video uploaded by Instagram account Screensit, that's S-C-R-E-E-N-S-Y-I-T, which has been viewed over 278,000 times and garnered mm-hmm. nearly 2,300 comments. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it shows a group of Indonesian men elated at meeting Elfie in person with some shaking her hands and taking photos with the adult model. They look excited <laughs> as shit. They look like it's Christmas morning, dude.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>
0: But yeah, she's yeah. hot as hell.
1: Mm. Yeah, apparently, like she's uh she's almost like 1.2 million followers on Instagram, and she's ranked fourth on Pornhub's most popular porn stars um, this past month. So, yeah, which is kind of unique because uh, let's be very clear: Indonesia, being a Muslim country, has mm-hmm. you know a lot of these NSFW sites banned. Mm-hmm. But you know, when there's a will, there's a way, as they say. Mm-hmm.
0: When there's an Eva Elfie, you take a picture with her. But yeah, that that all that tells me, right, if you read between the lines, it means that all y'all are pretty good at using VPNs. And that is the sub-headline.
1: Yeah. This <laughs> episode uh, this episode brought to you by <laughs> VPN.
0: Oh my god, don't give them a free spot <laughs> <laughs> The truth,
1: the truth of the matter is like, you know, it, it is quite funny that that, you know, they all knew her. Because, you all basically yeah. are saying that, yeah, we have VPNs and we don't give a shit about you government people. I,
0: I mean, there is a group photo with her. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, you're going to tag each other, I'm assuming. So do you, do yeah. you. Whatever makes you happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Number four on Pornhub. Looks like Damn. I'll probably have to add her to the list. JK, JK.
0: Damn.
1: Half JK. <laughs> it's true, though. There's only like two types of guys in the world. Guys mm. who watch porn and guys who lie about watching porn.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: (laughs) It's true. Pornhub to atas with Mila. Oh, good to know.
0: Thank you so much, Vim. Thank you so much for your insight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, moving from Pornhub to, uh uh-oh, this one is a little unfortunate. A married Thai gay couple have been unfortunately um, getting some uh, horrific harassment and death threats from homophobic Indonesians. Not a fun story, um so last week, a gay couple put up their um marriage photos, really sweet, really cool photos, oh. um, and very, very fancy. I was like, man, how much do you guys pay for this like really fancy wedding like that I'll never be able to afford but um unfortunately, they started getting like really hateful messages on their photos um largely by like indonesians who are saying that um gay marriage is forbidden by their god and that they are gonna cause like the world's doom and and obviously some really like more hurtful stuff calling them like pantek, which is like asshole kontol which is like penis and um orange gila which is like crazy people and and to, to that like you know the harassment has been like really severe. One of the um, the groom uh, basically said that he l- used to live like in a very um, Islamic area region in the southern, southern part of Thailand when he was studying at uh, this area called Patani. And he knows about, you know, like Muslim religion and culture. And he basically said like he respects everyone in every religion. And this is not a case of like, you know, People coming out at them um, due to the, them sort of being derogatory to anyone, and it's just sort of like um, yeah, just a horrible situation. And in Thailand, um, while while same-sex marriage is not um, recognized by law, uh, civil partnerships have you know been installed, and it's been something that's been quite common there. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 not good <laughs> it's not good
0: <laughs> it's so sad people just want to be happy and we're not even letting them
1: yeah and the thing is too like i feel like people always do it in the name of like religion and and mm-hmm. and you know the thing is too. like different religions have like different sides they're always ext- extremists in, mm-hmm. in, in in all in all religions you know like and, and i think like using religion is kind of like a cop out you're just like a fucking homophobic asshole like that's my mm-hmm. it's like don't 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 hide behind religion you just can't deal with shit because you're not mature enough to deal with shit.
0: Exactly. Well, you know what yeah. you could have done? You could have said that that shit's free. It takes zero energy. It doesn't make you like have wrinkles or anything. Just sit there and eat your damn food. That's all you'd have to do. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like that's the other thing. Like why, 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 why so extra? Like, you know, like mm-hmm. what's the, what are you trying to do? Like this is someone's like most probably happiest time in the world. Um, in their lives and and Mm -hmm. you're trying to like fuck it up for them
0: (laughs) and look at them they are so freaking cute are you looking at these photos these people are freaking glowing
1: yeah I'm like what the hell man what the hell you're like making it bad look like everyone every other wedding look bad
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: over in Jakarta yellow rice seller struggling with fame amid comparisons with Korean actor Lee Min Ho. oh (laughs) did you hear that he's struggling we're sending out thoughts and prayers Okay, now nah, I did. <laughs> but yeah, Dodi Anga Adrianto, who sells nasi kuning, and that is fragrant yellow rice, in the East Kalimantan capital of Samarinda, says he's mostly struggling with the hardships of his 15 minutes of fame after he was dubbed the doppelganger of popular South Korean actor Lee Min-ho. And yeah, yeah he says he never expected to become famous after a customer posted a TikTok video of him, because that's how you get famous now, in 2021. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was just serving up rice from his roadside roadside stall. And yeah, the video likened him in appearance to Lee Min Ho. And of course, the video went viral. Winning Anger's some new fans, mostly women, and attracted customers to his business. Hell yeah. But yeah, he said despite his newfound fame, he's not letting it get in the way of his job. And he said that people are coming to caress my hands, asking me to come with them, but I'm a professional. And <laughs> I still sell my nasi kuning. Guys, don't be creepy. He's just trying to sell his cute rice and he just don't caress his hands my god just buy the damn food
1: that's so funny
0: yeah but also uh,
1: yeah but i mean like it's a good thing right like more people are coming well hopefully they're buying food as well and not just like coming to cost him. yeah caressing hands
0: god you people are freaking weird Ria, despite <laughs> the struggles with the fame right Anga says he has yet to he he has yet to cash in on the popularity
1: but it's weird too because, like, he has like a TikTok account where he is like, you know, like shirtless a lot and ripped. He calls himself Opa Opa
0: Opa, being like
1: brother in Korean. Is that sort of yeah. like like older brother or something like? Yeah, yeah,
0: kind of. But yeah, like, um, I, maybe he's on his way to cash in on this newfound fame because he admitted mm-hmm. that he has received numerous offers for endorsement deals from unspecified brands. So maybe, maybe he's on his way to becoming a oh. Nasi Kuning influencer. So we'll watch out for that.
1: <laughs> By brands, you mean like old rich women who want him oh. as a kept, kept boy.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe brands is like code name for something, you know.
1: <laughs> so over in Malaysia, a Malaysian bride faces legal threat after a complaint uh, about starving wedding guests. <laughs> so um, a wedding planner, um, Ali Grand Hall Weddings and Events, um, said that they were going to threaten legal action against Manira Mohamed Shale, who um, was the bride, who uh, recently got married, um, called them up to do um, their food and event planning and all that stuff for the wedding, um, and accused them of uh, basically not serving food and potential- well, they serve food, but like super super late, apparently like four hours late, the wedding um happened like at five thirty p m but food apparently only came like four hours later, um, and the food when it did come had raw fish and mm. um smelly glassware, apparently like smell like cockroaches um so the wedding planner company, they're like a little pissed, and they said like you know they they think that they are false accusations and that, you know, they're going to try to take legal action. The bride purchased this like wedding package. They included like, um, you know, all kinds of stuff, like usual wedding stuff, you know, like decor, dresses, the location, and of course like a big wedding spread. And pretty much everything um, was good. Uh, but then after the the scenario with the food arriving late and, and and all the janky glassware um she posted on facebook that you know like yeah uh, all these things like fish was raw dishes were gross like they were super late they were not the right dishes and um apparently like the wedding planner didn't um you know apologize or or get in contact with them but now uh it looks as though that their lawyers are meeting and i think they're gonna try to work out um yeah like a resolution. But. Yeah, two sides, man. What's happening? What's happening here?
0: That is like so much drama crammed into one article. I'm like, <laughs> what? The dish is gross. The fish is raw. By the way, did we check if the fish was merely sashimi? Like, was it a sashimi dish or was it like
1: <laughs> that would That would have been pretty funny, like <laughs>
0: right? There's like a billion what? plot twists, like just crammed into this article here.
1: It was Apology. my parents. They, they would probably complain. They'd be like, oh, "Why yeah. is this sashimi not cooked?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "Mom."
0: <laughs> Why isn't the water wet? Y'all are crazy. Get a refund. Yeah.
1: yeah. But 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 that is kind of like, yeah, if that were that was true, and that was like raw fish, you know, like in, in these dishes. And if glasses smell like roaches, oh my gosh, that's like barf. Yeah, like, even that is a very it, barf. Yeah,
0: it is like a very specific comment that the glass was smelled like cockroaches.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. Like who's smelling cockroaches? <laughs>
0: Like, yeah dude how do you know what they smell like yogurt yeah. like aroma d cockroach like the the, the pot, bottled perfume maybe Let
1: i think it's like the um because i think we tend to to relate like the um mothballs like those little like white ah. like thingies with like roaches and i feel like a lot of people put put those like in stores like storage areas and stuff and i think maybe that's that was the scent like that that could have been the case because i mean i'm pretty sure no one's smelling roaches Mm-hmm. <laughs> i Holy hope because <laughs> that that image alone sounds horrific to me like some picking up and smelling a brooch mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that even work
1: i don't know but
0: yeah uh thank you very much for the mental image and now we'll yep. move on to another story just to get mm-hmm. rid of that yes <laughs> but yeah over in manila sad news y'all Uh, Metro Manila imposes an 8pm to 5am curfew as it shifts to MECQ. What the hell is that, you ask? Same. Um, Yeah, so shorter curfew hours will be imposed on Metro Manila as the region shifts from the enhanced community quarantine to the looser, modified enhanced community quarantine, MECQ for short. But yes. Um, Let me see. Uh, So yeah, the curfew hours are from 8pm to 5am, so stay inside Cinderella. Um, According to the Metropolitan Manila Development Authority, that is the MMDA. And this coffee Mm -hmm. will last until April 30th. And yeah, after that, the MECQ is scheduled to be lifted. So this one's quite interesting because it has, you know, an end in sight.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, like, Philippines is one of the, you know, um, highly affected um, countries in Southeast Asia um so you know more measures to make sure that you know they can control the pandemic and hopefully like there is uh there is some light at the end of the tunnel
0: hopefully because it's true that um you know hospitals have been inundated with like patients and like many of them are facing a shortage of manpower equipment and all of that yeah yeah sad stuff
1: well over in singapore summer skynet is aware self-aware
3: what? SkyNet defense system now activated.
1: Because now we're going to have robots rolling around Pongo which is like a northern northeastern suburb of Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to have like these weedy weedy robots um rolling around delivering groceries. <laughs> so um,
0: um... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure um how great this is cuz what? <laughs> It's like, we, we, we've we been joking that, you know, the robots are taking over, but then you see headlines like these, and then it's like, maybe it's not much of a joke anymore.
1: <laughs> well, one of the big pushes in Singapore uh, is that they want uh, Singapore to be more of a smart nation. Pongol being like sort of really like the main um, um, trendsetters, like the front, um, the i guess the the neighborhood that is being sort of converted into all types of smart things that are happening there and and this is just the next one so this little robot um it's called (laughs) camello and he looks like a little like 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 basically just looks like a box like a box on wheels and um you can basically like order the groceries that you want uh through a phone app and the little robot will go to the market, supermarkets and, you know, um, the people will put in whatever your order is. And, and the dude just rolls around um, back to your pickup point and you can open him up with your um, unique QR code or or PIN number that's sent to you through the app. And the robot it has like two waterproof compartments and uh, can carry up to 20 kilograms uh of items and then yeah it has like you know all the all the things that you need such as you know uv disinfection um it's also there's a whole bunch of sensors all over the place so that it doesn't like bump into anyone so camela was created by otso which is um founded by a tech entrepreneur in singapore and and in silicon valley um the robot can deliver up to five deliveries uh, during the weekday and like um it only works half days on Saturday. It's rest on Sunday. Same as oh, all of us. Yeah, good. It needs to re- rest. <laughs> but yeah, you're gonna have like these little these little guys just like rolling around and delivering stuff.
0: I'm like, who who named this guy? Cause like um as a person who has who just doesn't leave the internet, somebody on the internet has pointed out that um the word cameo. In yeah, uh, in Spanish, is kind of slang for drug dealer. So like, <laughs>
1: <gasps> yep, nice. <laughs> I was Raging gonna say like the lines. That's actually quite funny though that, that it's a drug dealer. I wonder. Yeah. Uh, I bet you. I bet you someone named it and you know. Yeah, I'm as a joke
0: it. or like you know, knowing um, how we treat drugs here in Singapore, it's it's a whole thing. So hey. Yeah, like some some creative was really creative when they named this thing.
1: Can what they you... named it, maybe. Can you arrest Camelo if he did have contraband in him?
0: I don't know. Like, do, y'all, do y'all have the handcuffs for it? Or does he Robot
1: pants? prison? <laughs> does he just get, like, virused? Like, he's a virus. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and over in Yangon, Myanmar actor Hunk protester Pine Takon was arrested by the junta, And there's some scary shit. There are eight military trucks showed up um, at 5am um, at Pang Takun's home in Yangon's N- North Dagon township to take him into custody, according to the actor's sister, Mei Chit Tui. Uh Yeah, he's one of the many celebrities and influencers to be accused by the junta in recent days of spreading information that undermines the government under Section 505A of the Penal Code. And mm. apparently this is punishable by up to three years in prison. And his sister says that he was not feeling well at the time of his arrest. And yeah, also sought by the military is Ms. Grand International Han Le who chose to remain in Thailand for her safety after using the pageant stage in Bangkok to rip the junta for killing hundreds of unarmed civilians including dozens of children and reports say their family has been forbidden from leaving the country. Oh no. It's some scary ass shit because like if you, like me, have been following Pintacon on Instagram he has been very vocal about the protests and you know, what Mm -hmm. the government and the junta has been doing. And then, you know, since then, his um, social media has gone dark. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just some really scary shit to read. And since, like, the February 1st coup, he has actively participated in the anti-coup protests as well. And, yeah, he's Mm -hmm. been captured in many photos. Um, So
1: Probably still looking hot as hell.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, if if you remember, he is also, you know, the hot monk that recently went viral.
1: Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. Just
0: hot, yeah. That guy
1: just just protesting and looking pretty. That's his job.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's been a very vocal critic of the junta, and he mm. and like more than forty celebrities have been named in warrants from the junta so far.
1: Oh dear Oof.
0: Yeah. And across the city, people have been participating in the marching shoes strike by putting flowers in their shoes and leaving them in the front of their residences. Kind of a reminder that, you know, uh, flowers will bloom in every step of a way. And that's also the slogan that has been promote, uh, that they've used to promote this online.
1: Uh, Boo! Boo. so sad.
0: Yeah, it's so sad that this is all still going on. And like, yeah, since the coup happened in February, it's... The protest, like, um, after it has just been harrowing to read about.
1: Not cool. So in a final story, this actually is kind of a segue, pretty good segue, um, oh God. into our guests later on. But... Ugh, um, at a Caesarea restaurant in Hong Kong, a, mm, I can't even say it, uh, yeah, do it, do it for the people, Vim. You can do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it in a okay. takeaway of like spaghetti noodles. It, it's sort of like a Italian restaurant, right? Like, sort of a kind of like an Italian restaurant. Sort of, um, yeah. And yeah, basically <laughs> there was a dark shriveled lump that was found and it's now been confirmed. Wait for it. A rat's no. head, a rat <sighs> freaking head. <laughs> I mean, I have like so many questions. First of all, okay. Basically, uh, let's do the story first and then we can we can delve into it. But um, an unfortunate customer bought some noodles and got a extra protein in the form of a rat's head. Um, the food and environmental hygiene department said, um, yeah. This says chain is from Japan and it's sort of like uh cheap-ish Italian food. So they have like noodles, pizza, pasta, all kinds of stuff. And um yeah, the customer posted about it obviously, and some customers were like, just what the fuck? Um, and Caesarea said they will work with the food and environmental uh, hygiene department to get to the bottom of this. They're deeply concerned. Um, we did reach out to Saisiri for a comment, but uh, they didn't really want to get down to us. Uh, wow. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Let's just say it gives a whole new mean, whole new meaning to Western food um, <laughs> in Asia. It, you get a little bit of rat, a little bit of rat in there.
0: It's like for garnish, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't understand a lot of things in this. First of yeah, all, same. you have. You obviously have a rat problem. That's number one. The number two part, which is the more disturbing part, is why is only the head in your noodles? Like, mm-hmm. where's the rest of the body? Is like, it a
0: dessert? Like, I, I have so many questions, dude. How did yeah, it get, like, decapitated? <laughs> two, was it seasoned? Three, how did it get seasoned and cooked with pasta?
1: Basil and Parmesan cheese, probably. Who like we? A little... <laughs> a little. But, I mean, yeah, that's pretty fucking gnarly, man. Like, it's like a shriveled little, like, rat head. Like, it was kind of, like, you know, skull-esque. Just a little skull in there. Little lump. Black lump. I mean, that's pretty gross. That's, I everyone just yeah.
0: unsubscribed. Thanks, Vin. Thanks for the descriptions.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, which is a good segue because, um, speaking of gross, eating gross <laughs> little rat things, our Singapore editor... Nurul Aslia had a chance to hang out with a sort of guest, sort of guest. She was at a press conference with him. So close enough. um, Bear Grylls. He has a show called Running Wild. It's into its sixth season. And, you know, if you don't know who Bear Grylls is, he's a adventurer who um, usually, you know, uh, hangs out on his own in the middle of nowhere. Uh, His famous show is called Man vs. Wild. And he would sort of eat, really gross stuff like you know in really rural places and it's a survival show this time around running wild with Bear Gills is him hanging out with different celebrities in each episode they bring he brings them out and hangs out with them talks to them about their lives but against the backdrop of like crazy adventures so um let's find out what Neural has to say So Nurul, you got a chance to uh hang out with Bear Frickin' Drills uh, mm-hmm. during a during a press conference for his new show. Well it's not a new show, A new season of the show, Running Wild with Bear Grills, where he uh what does he do, <laughs> Noural? Runs wild. Channel?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I'm not sure if a lot of you guys even watch the show Because it's usually on cable Like right now, it's going to be on National Geographic Channel uh, So it's the Running Wild um, show It's um, They're releasing the sixth season so It's basically mm. him just going in a while with several celebrities uh, One of them is Anthony Mackie And then there's um, also Danny Trejo They're mostly Ooh. American <gasps> actors Yeah uh Uh so he uh, he actually filmed uh this season during the pandemic and the interesting thing is that they um they didn't take a lot of time to shoot because apparently according to him um basically an adventure which with each celebrity just took like a couple of days so they basically just picked pick them up like one of them go through a while spend two three days and then after that bring them back Bring them back to civilization and then off to the next celebrity. So that didn't so in terms of like um, I mean, obviously they're 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 com- when it comes to social distancing, it's not even an issue, they're like completely like far away from the rest of the world. Um, it's just that like in terms of traveling, like locations where they want to go, like those were the things that they kind of have to like change uh, or make mm. some adjustments because of lockdowns and stuff. Um I'm actually not sure, like what what were the exact uh, changes that they had to make terms of the location, but but what he said was just was that the crew just had to be very adaptable and um and they just made it work. And yeah, mm. so I I don't, it's, I think it's like one of the very few handful productions that that was able to go on during the pandemic. Because I'm pretty sure so mm. many, um, yeah. uh, so many movie plans had to be like cut short. Even movie premieres had to be like postponed. So. So, good on Ooh. them.
0: <laughs> that's
2: so fun. I'm imagining asking,
0: like, you know, a celebrity to come and isolate themselves in the forest. Um, in fact, I volunteer to be with a celebrity if you're telling me that's Anthony freaking Mackie. Yeah. Um, you're a big fan, uh? Are you a big fan? Um, hello, we're all watching, like, the
2: uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. So, uh, yeah, yes. he, yeah. That's why, like, he... He actually had a, there was like an issue, I mean, he struggled with the cold in the show. Oh, <laughs> so I oh guess no. he needed the winter soldier <laughs> to be there.
1: <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have a substand to cuddle with, so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, Obviously. We all need um, one, yeah.
1: So you, ha- you got a chance to, so you got a chance to talk with him, um, and here are some snippets from the conference.
2: To start with uh, my question, Um, so I know that you uh, go out, venture uh, the wild with many celebrities. So who was the most difficult celebrity to be with in the wild and why?
3: (laughs) Um, I think generally we're super lucky. We take take people who really, you know, inspirational figures and they have great positive mindsets and attitudes and they're there not because they need the money or the fame they're there because they want the experience they come ready to be you know face face the wild and to share their story so generally there's, there's always a great positive spirit about the show and i like that you know we go to amazing places we get incredible insights into these stars and we get that inspiration of like all of us together can face difficult things and as long as we do it together we keep moving forward we will we will we'll survive, you know, the never give up spirit is everything. So generally I don't take, we, I haven't had experience where I take people who are, you know, don't enjoy it or whatever. But um, I think in terms of challenges for what's been the most challenging, I think, take, I mean, on this season, I think the fact that Danny Trejo, he's an older guy, one of the oldest guests we've ever taken. We were at high elevation in the desert in Utah, super hot as well. And we had to deal with the fact that he got pretty severe heat exhaustion. We had to adapt our journey and, you know, but this is what we do as a team. You have to anticipate and be nimble and be ready for things happening and be ready for things going wrong. I always think the wild is like, you know, it's like, it's, it's like that Mike Tyson quote of everyone has a plan until I punch them in the head. You know, the wild is going to punch you in the head and you've got to improvise and adapt and, and find a way to overcome. So um i think danny that was definitely one where we had to react pretty fast because otherwise he was going to end up in trouble but he was amazing he was totally determined and resilient and and so so wanting the adventure and at the end he said it's been one of the most amazing experiences of his life um so i think that was definitely for the guests i think his was was hard just with that heat exhaustion the others there were definitely many times even like on the anthony mackey you know the captain america guy you know he getting super cold uh in the high mountains same with terry Cruz, you know and, and he was very nervous of white water powerful rivers and and rapids and we had to cross a big glacial river together and you know every episode has these sort of things and uh and that is part of the spirit and the the heart of the show is that you're gonna to have to. We're gonna do this stuff together. It's gonna to be difficult, but we never give up. Come on!
2: All right. Thanks.
3: Yeah, Nurul, you just went right in. Uh, you asked like. Yeah. So <laughs> realized, the problem is.
2: Like, <laughs> so there was an issue with the timing. Uh, we were told different timings, and then apparently, it's, uh, the interview started earlier than than what was told, um, because there was like a daylight saving. There was daylight saving and be- they forgot to adjust the timing and communicate it to us. So I it, I ended up like joining late. Like there were several round table sessions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I was supposed to be like in the second one. And then I thought I was early. I actually told them, oh, I think I'm early. Then they said, oh no, you're late actually. But it's okay. You'll join like the <gasps> next one. and Then you get to us first. Like, oh, cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Blessings in disguise, I would think. But yeah, yeah. damn it, daylight yeah. savings yeah so I just yeah so I just jumped right in and just um because well I just jumped in and asked him about like um the which celebrities was were the most difficult to to be with in a while um mm. I can't imagine like I be, like me being a very difficult person because I'm not even a an adventurous person um <laughs> so yeah so I asked him that and um he didn't well, he, he was quite nice. He didn't, like, make any celebrity, like, look bad or whatever. Uh, but he did point out um this American actor, Danny Trejo, who is, yep, like, the yep. oldest celebrity on season machate. six. <laughs>
1: he's he's yeah. the main machate. <laughs>
2: he's, like, 76 years old. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> he's a veteran. He's a veteran. True veteran.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that's a, that's a crazy thing, right? Like, I mean, he's spending time with, you know, like these celebrities out in the wild. And mm. some of them probably like, I like, like me, like me as well, like, you know, I always feel like, oh, I can do that. But then once I get there, I'm like, uh, I will not be able to do this. And I feel a lot of celebrities <laughs> might, might be the same way. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, I don't have my like 10 assistants and my like, you know, like my makeup artist and my hairstylist and my wardrobe and you know my stuntman and whatnot like I always wonder you know like Anthony Mackie's cold on a mountain and he's like falcon (laughs) he's he's probably the next Captain America you know like (laughs) he is in his defense he is from from Louisiana so that is kind of a warmer state so (laughs) Yeah, I guess.
2: Uh, <laughs> but he made, I mean, he he pulled through. I mean, the funny, the good thing is, like, no, no matter how like afraid everyone was in the show, like, mm. some reason, like they managed to pull through, which is which mm. makes me quite skeptical. Like, hmm, like, okay but was there a challenge
0: you know like uh, or maybe like you go up to the mountain and then there's like one of those Instagrammable like glamping tents up there with like air conditioning inside or whatever (laughs) yeah you never know right what if it's like
2: behind the camera (laughs) (laughs) there's like trailers up there in the mountains (laughs) yeah and like a buffet
1: (laughs) so that actually brings up like um, him talking about like some of the most challenging
3: landscapes Um, I think all all of those things are changed. you know, desert desert, it depend, depends as well on the the weather conditions, a lot of it there. You can go to really tough terrain and you get beautiful conditions, and it's all becomes possible. You know you can become go to benign places and get hit by terrible storms, and suddenly you're all up against it, battling. so um, but I think the high mountains you have to be especially careful of in winter, especially with a lot of snow steep elevation and and big drops and cliffs and waterfalls. So I think that, uh, I think the Anthony Mackie one was challenging like that. Um, you know, but we always try and keep so much variety in these shows, even if it's like with Danica Patrick, you know, using, you know, a razor dune buggy for part of the journey, you know, we like to kind of mix it up quite a bit. Uh, I mean, I look at, um, you know, look at Iceland with, with Terry Crews and and Keegan Michael Key. You know, such incredible diversity. Then, then you're dealing with volcanic stuff. Again, you you've got to be really careful of Mother Nature. I think it's a this a thing of respect, isn't it? You know, you, you never can get complacent. Don't take your eye off the ball. Always respect Mother Nature and don't try and take it on. Just work around it, work through her. You know, work. You know, don't try and you, you never conquer nature. You 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 stand alongside alongside her, and I like that. Also, he had like a bucket list of locations you wanted to go to. What we've learned to do now on the show is to plan adventures that we think are going to be really fun for the guests, but they're going to be challenging for the guests, but also we really want to do, you know, and we have a small crew. We're all best friends. We start at the start of the year, and we go, where would be amazing to go to? Where have we heard about, you know, And, and so we have the privilege on the show to follow a lot of our own bucket lists and go, wouldn't it be amazing to film in the Dolomites in the depth of winter or in the high Utah deserts in summertime? And, you know, we we pick amazing locations. and, And, you know, National Geographic is all about exploration and pushing the boundaries and showing the world how amazing, you know, some of the wild places on our planet are. And I consider that a privilege to be able to you know, showcase the world to a Nat Geo audience. So that's always fun.
1: He said, so he said like, um, like mountains were quite difficult to to be up on, which which makes sense. Like, you know, if it's like windy and like snowy, you can kind of lose, you know, like you can kind of lose your footing and stuff. And in fact, like more people die or get hurt coming down a mountain versus like going up a mountain. And usually like they drop, I feel like his in his show, like a lot of the time they drop them like on top of a mountain, and then they have to scale down to like lower ground and stuff, mm-hmm. which I think like makes it like trickier, I feel,
2: yeah. I mean, I wish he had um he did mention something about like um uh, the difficulties that you go through in the world, but he was very generic, like. Um, so bear he he did talk about like um the challenges of of being in out there in the wild, although he didn't specifically say what was the most difficult uh, environment and what was the easiest. he would he just generally said that um, like if the place like it you could be you could be on level ground, but if the weather is so bad that it can still kill you, or or like if you're up in the mountains and the terrain is very dangerous, but if the weather is fine, then like you, it's not. It, it can, it doesn't have to be that dangerous. I mean, he said along those lines. So, like, oh, okay.
1: I can agree with that. I I live in mm. I live in Senggung. <laughs> I live in Senggung, and like when it's storming <laughs> and raining, there's there's no shelter, and I yeah. feel like I might be struck by lightning at any point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and if you're like in the west, like Bukit Batok, then you're at risk of landslides or oh, mudslides. <laughs> Period. <laughs> in if you're yeah. listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sad. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird that someone from Singapore who's like has no experience of being in the west, asking him like interviewing this person who like spends pretty much like all his life there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think everyone's favorite topic is obviously all the weird stuff he eats and drinks on the show, and he mentioned like some of the grossest stuff that he ate.
3: Sometimes they all blend into each other of a lot of bad things, but um, I think rat rat with with Anthony Mackie was was pretty bad, and um, uh, yeah, God, what what else do we have? A lot of um. Yeah, there you go. I forget. I really forget. I, I kind of get into the mind, like, come on, we're moving. And if we see something, we grab it and, you know, dig out some worms and eat them and move on. And we need the energy. So there you go. Yeah. Scorpio snakes. I kind of, I've learned over the years, none of these things are going to be very pleasant, but um, you need the energy, you know, and it's always an experience for these guests to see what it's like living off the, what the wild provides. And, um, and it's always a fun part of the show and a fun dynamic. And now I think guests kind of, they almost come kind of ready for a bit of that. And if they don't like it, then they just get a bit hungrier. But, you know, it's all good.
2: Yeah, I think, well, um, it's so, uh, I think what strikes me the most was that he sounded so blah when he talked about the food. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, it's like you're yeah. talking of, like, yeah, I had biscuit. Yeah. I had, it's like that, that was basically how he sounded when when he talked about eating scorpions and and rats, and he's just not even excited about the question anymore. <laughs> oh my
1: god! He's like, I, I had a few worms. Like, you know, gave me some energy. Like, yeah. Like, what?
0: <laughs> is it the I same wonder... way we talk about it? Like, uh, yeah, yesterday I had a mac spicy, and then he's just shrugging, and oh then he's like, oh yeah, just ate a whole rat. No big deal. You know, this yeah, thing like, I wonder, I,
1: really? I wonder, like, what is his palate like? You know, like his tongue is probably like <laughs> fucked. Like, like, he probably just doesn't know like what normal food. I shouldn't say normal food because, like, all that food is probably, probably better. Like, all the stuff he's eating out in the wild is probably way better from, than the shit that we eat on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. probably taste, taste he's a normal best, one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But it's just, yeah, it's just so interesting that, like, he kind of made a career. I mean, I, of course, he's an adventurer. Of course, he's, like, all these, like, other things. But I think people know him more for, like, the dude on TV that eats weird shit. Like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and drinks his mm-hmm. pee.
2: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't even um, he doesn't he didn't say much about the taste and all like he just kept kept sticking to the fact that oh it's just for survival it's just it's just to uh, control your hunger and you know it's you need the protein just take it no complaints. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So and also I guess the most important thing is that he's after spending so much time with all these guests like during this like I guess adventure filled with ordeals. Um, this this like sort of bond um, that he speaks about
3: i think uh, well one of the privileges of running wild is hearing the guests stories and on a chat show you know it's three minutes isn't it you know telling a funny story or something you know but on running wild you can really hear their life journey of their struggles and triumphs and failures and you know there's 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 no kind of gloss there's no you know kind of like makeup and all nice and checking the stories and checking the questions it's 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 just beautifully organic in the sense that the wild is the star you know the wild is the perfect backdrop to encourage these stars to open up and and be honest and be vulnerable so I think that is the that is the key for me is is understand is yeah yeah it's just learning to listen and and to Be grateful for their vulnerability and their honesty. And it's a part that certainly my family, when they watch the shows, the bit that they love is just hearing such honest conversations with these stars. But in a way, you have to go through the adventure first and some fear and some adrenaline, you know, and some discomfort and some lack of sleep and cold and all of that. And then you get to hear these amazing stories
2: so he he really has a special bond with uh with all of these celebrities. um I think it's it's mostly because of the environment and the kind of shit that he has to do with them or like all these celebrities have to do with him and um and um and the fact that the celebrities have to be uh in a very vulnerable state um mm. and that's, and I guess that's why that's why the the bond that he he said he has with his celebrities is 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 quite strong. Um, he didn't really go into details or like you know spill any tea about like um some of the insightful <laughs> things that they they say about their lives. but but he just said that you know generally he has like this special bond with them because um you know, they're just it's just the two of them or and obviously some members of the crew like in the wild and um you know, no makeup, no personal assistance. Uh, apparently, he said that they 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 don't even prepare like any questions. Or like um have a strict like policy or like a list of things that they can talk about. Like there's no planning on that part. It's just he said that it's just very organic and and um yeah. So it's 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 cool to have you know that kind of relationship with so many Hollywood celebrities. <laughs> He's been doing this for <laughs> six seasons now. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's quite cool. <laughs> Suddenly, I want to be Bear girls. Like, if go on a
0: little camping trip with a celebrity, no big deal. Yeah. Sign me up for the next season, if you will.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a funny one to me. Like, I, I feel like this is sort of, like, an adventure talk show, you know? Like, at the core of it, it's, like, a talk show. You know, like, mm-hmm. the interview talk, it's just, like, with the, I don't want to say gimmick, but, like, the format of having it as an adventure. And I think, like, it kind of works for him because, you know, that's his forte. Um mm but yeah i guess it is true when you're when you go through like these sort of you know they're all doing it for the first time and and mm-hmm. I think you have to be like you know you're probably an expert in your field, whatever field that you are in like an actor singer blah blah, blah. but once you get into like barrister don uh domain, then you're like trying to um yeah, you kind of need to be humble and like i guess like they, they show like different sides to themselves, which is kind of a cool thing,
2: mhm, yeah. And these people, and uh, all these celebrities, trust him that enough to uh, open up and just yeah. be vulnerable and in, in, um, in the wild, which is uh, which is unique. It's it's, it's rare.
1: <laughs> it <laughs> is. <laughs> so how did you find Bear in general, Nuru? Um
2: Yeah, he. It was. I. I well. The only thing I was disappointed about was that um, he didn't turn on his camera. So, we all couldn't see him. It just felt like it was a phone conversation. Uh,
1: oh, man. Okay, okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, but other yeah. than that, he was um, pretty easy to talk to. Um, he really knows how to answer a uh, question pretty fast, smooth. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, friendly guy cute oh, mm. I'm not sure why he's not tired of being in the wild I'll be so tired already <laughs> same I just want to go and he's enjoy been doing my this way. yeah right just like okay bye wild I want to be in a penthouse now
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome I think that's about it Nuro thank you for um coming on and talking about bear and obviously your time for chatting with him about running wild with Bear Grylls,
2: awesome! Thanks for having me. Thanks, Nural.
1: Chat soon. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: That was real freaking interesting. Um, I like that that interview also didn't go on with video, so like you couldn't tell maybe he was halfway in the wild or. You know, on a luxurious in the up in a luxurious penthouse. Yeah. Either way, yeah. was funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting show. Um, yeah, I think I think I do like the human aspect of it that he's like mm. hanging out with people who who, yeah, you know, like usually have like a posse of people taking care of them.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I'm kinda excited. And he seemed a pretty down earth guy, very PC, I shall say. <laughs> Um, and yeah, uh,
0: I guess not everyone can say that they've managed to kind of get Anthony Mackie to go camping with you, you know, up in the mountains somewhere, or mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, or Jenny Trejo for that matter. So, uh huh. Yeah. Well, that's all from us this week. Bye. Next week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co/membership. Make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy our fresh merch at the coconut shop at shop.coconuts.co. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you.
0: The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by our journalists on the ground in eight cities Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small designed for people located in, or curious about, Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Summer Lee and Vim Shamugam. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez, and our editor is Raina Lim.